Hello and welcome to Random Interesting Facts, the podcast about everything and nothing with your host, 42. This week's topic is eggs. So let's dive right in with fact number one. Alfred Hitchcock was one of the most celebrated and critically acclaimed film directors who ever lived. He was known as the master of suspense because he made a living keeping viewers on the edge of their seats and subtly poking at their most primal fears. But rather interestingly, Alfred Hitchcock had a fair few phobias of his own. He was scared to death of sex, he had a terrible fear of heights, and he was also petrified by the idea of being locked up. So I presume the idea of being locked up in a high building where he was forced to have sex would be an utter nightmare for him. Perhaps, though, his weirdest personality quirk was his overwhelming fear of eggs. Yes, eggs. In fact, he once said, I'm frightened of eggs, worse than frightened. They revolt me. That white round thing without any holes. Have you ever seen anything more revolting than an egg yolk breaking and spilling its yellow liquid? Hmm, I'm not sure, Alfred. How about a man dressed up as his dead mother stabbing a naked woman to death in a shower. Weirdly, he had no problem at all with blood. He said, blood is jolly, red, but egg yolk is yellow, revolting. I've never tasted it. Perhaps it's just me, but the only thing I'm getting from that quote is that Hitchcock tasted a lot of blood. He particularly hated hen's eggs because being terrified of any other egg would just be plain weird. But I do suspect he wasn't fond of any kind of egg, since they're strikingly absent from one of his most famous works, The Birds. Despite the sheer amount of feathered and terrifying egg-laying creatures in the cast, Mind you, those particular birds were a bit too busy pecking people's eyes out to think about laying anything. As we've established, Hitchcock had many fears. He was very public about a lot of them, and some of those phobias even inspired the subject matter of his films. It's believed most of these phobias date back to an incident where his father asked a local policeman to lock him up in a jail cell to give him a real-life idea if what might happen if he misbehaved. My parenting was quite different back in those days, wasn't it? You can't even take a ruler to your own child's knees these days without being sectioned. Mind you, if that's the punishment that his father imagined for little Alfred for not doing his homework, what do you think he would sentence him to for first-degree murder? Hitch did have a few stories regarding pretty traumatic experiences from his childhood, but none of them revolve around eggs. 
In fact, he's claimed, as we've heard, to have never eaten one. Despite that, Hitch would quite happily binge on his favourite foods. He was particularly fond of steak or ice cream. But afterwards, he would feel incredibly guilty about it and go through periods of terrible self-loathing, kind of like I do when I'm listening back to my awful jokes in this podcast. The fear of X is known as overphobia, from the Latin word over, meaning egg. People worry that as they're making their morning omelette, little chicks will crack their way out of the eggs like a feathery stripper in a birthday cake. Perhaps Alfred Hitchcock had xanphobia, which is a fear of the colour yellow. You don't really get many yellow foods in nature, do you? So I suppose an egg yolk would be particularly triggering for that one. For some people, however, it's the texture of eggs that's the problem. Lauren Green, a woman interviewed by UK tabloid The Daily Mirror, claimed that the mere sight of a fried egg with all its bubbles and crispy ridges could make her feel lightheaded, induce nausea, or even bring on a full-blown panic attack. Which, coincidentally, are the exact same symptoms I get if I attempt to read the Daily Mirror. Overphobia is closely related to electrophobia, which is a fear of chickens and other similarly foul creatures. When you think about it, it's a bit weird for us humans to be scared of them. After all, they're not the ones who've ever shoved sage and onion up our arses. It's thought that human beings are born with two built-in phobias. The fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. But any additional fears are either inspired by life events or picked up from our delightful parents. So if you are scared of eggs, it is worth checking with your parents if they ever used to throw eggs at you in your cot. Next up, moments from history. where we dive into one particularly bizarre moment from the past. This week we talk about when Pope Gregory IX declared a war on cats. When cats first came to Europe, they'd been transported from Egypt by the Romans and they had a universally good reputation. Cats were especially useful for agriculture. They'd quite happily work on farms, disposing of any vermin that they encounter, and despite being pretty manipulative creatures, they never once asked for a pay rise. And since they couldn't eat anything that wasn't meat, they were in no danger of eating the crops themselves. Although, a cat will quite happily eat your face when you're dead. Which is why I'm more of a dog person. And of course, the Egyptians worshipped cats, which is no surprise given they were pretty reliant on the farming that took place along the banks of the River Nile. And personally, the ability to eat rats is something I always look for when choosing a god. In ancient Egypt, cats were thought to be the spirit of the goddess Bastet made flesh. Except, of course, when they licked their genitals. That isn't very becoming of a deity. 
In fact, they were considered so holy that when the Persians invaded Egypt in 525 BC, they painted images of cats onto their shields. The idea was that the Egyptians would consider this blasphemy and so throw spears at them and waste them. In the early 13th century, however, Pope Gregory IX suddenly woke up and decided that cats were possessed by the spirit of Satan himself. <laughs> it all started with an inquisition. You know, the religious extremist lunatics who tortured people into confessing all sorts of bullshit sins. You may have encountered their Spanish branch, if you're a fan of Monty Python. After torturing people, the unfortunate victims would usually confess to heresy and were subsequently burnt alive. It's estimated that up to 5,000 Spanish were executed during this inquisition. But before the Spanish ran away with the idea and turned it into a Middle Ages meme, religious inquisitions had always existed in Europe, for about 300 years in fact. So, I would say that nobody expected the Spanish Inquisition, but I don't think that's quite true. For instance, in 1233, Pope Gregory IX launched a full-on Inquisition in order to put a lid on heresy. Inquisitors were sent all over France, Italy and Germany to uncover instances of people hexing their neighbours and doing all sorts of general culty crap. One Inquisitor, Conrad von Marburg, showed the Pope some juicy details he'd acquired about a satanic cult in the Rhineland. During initiation into this cult, newbies would be approached by a massive toad, yes, you heard me right, followed up by a pale-looking man, whose lower body was covered in cat fur, and then the initiates would then be coaxed into kissing this man. And by some form of lip-based black magic, they would instantly forget their allegiance to the Catholic Church. He must have been one hell of a kisser. Well, that's resoundingly weird, but it gets worse. It was at that point that a statue of a black cat would come to life, somehow, and walk backwards through the crowd. I mean, a statue coming to life is creepy enough on its own, without the Michael Jackson impression thrown in. And then, each member of the order, starting with the novice, would have to kiss this statue on its buttocks, followed up by a nice glass of ceremonial wine to get rid of the taste of cat anus. Following this, they'd have to say, forgive us, and we know, master, and we must obey. And finally, like any good cult, then ensued orgies featuring every sexual persuasion imaginable, which would all take place in pitch blackness. After all that nonsense was out the way, finally a blessing would be read and the meeting was adjourned. And then hopefully the cleaners came in. The evidence to support this absolute bonkers cult was rather spurious, but the Pope nonetheless was so incensed by the idea, he issued a papal bull called Vox in Rama, otherwise known as 
a voice in Rama, a city featured prominently in the Bible. With the black cat being the central idol of this Rhineland-based cult, the bull declared that all cats were now basically little versions of Satan with fur. I don't think I've ever seen a picture of Satan playing with a ball of wool. Hmm. As a result, it's believed that during the years 1233 to 1234, the Catholic Church and every loyal Catholic in Western Europe went out of their way to murder countless little pussycats. But then, the Catholic Church has never been very fond of pussies. Humans also got caught up in Greg's bull. It saw many people tortured or killed for witchcraft and devil worship. Soon enough, neighbours were turning against neighbours in an attempt to prove their loyalty to Pope Greg and deflect attention from themselves, probably. But what's the truth of all this? Did Voxin Rama really advocate an all-out war against cats? Well, not really. According to the bull, the only sins of the cat variety is that they were used as an idol and worshipped by this particular Rhineland cult. It certainly didn't explicitly instruct Catholics across Europe to grab their nearest feline and execute it on the spot, so any cat killings that did happen were just devout followers taking the material a little bit too literally. Interestingly though, it has been suggested by some that this mass cat killing was one of the causes of the Black Death, <coughs> as there would be no felines left to kill off rats, bearing the plague-ridden fleas, but there's little evidence to back this up. Pope Gregory's papal bull was issued in 1233. The Black Death showed up in 1347, and there were reportedly still loads of cats knocking around at that point. Also, the plague kept coming back again and again, about once every generation, until the 1700s. There's no way Europeans kept murdering cats consistently at a high rate for 500 years. So, no, there's not a great deal of evidence to suggest that Pope Gregory specifically told his congregation to go out and murder cats. Nevertheless, the idea of a pope launching a war against cats is a marvellous notion. But none of this matters, because it turns out human beings are terrible creatures, and we never need much convincing to be cruel to animals anyway. Because, in the 13th century, in Cambridge, England, 79 cats were mysteriously massacred by the townsfolk. And in the 18th to early 19th century, in the town of Ypres in modern-day Belgium, they held a yearly festival called Kattenstoet, which involved the sadistic townsfolk celebrating by throwing cats from a bell tower. It was to supposedly symbolise the killing of evil spirits, and it was believed cats were connected to witchcraft. I think we should lobby for a similar festival in London, where we get to throw politicians off Big Ben. The festival still occurs today in modern-day Ypres, but now they throw a stuffed toy cat instead. 
Well, wasn't that interesting? Now it's time to take a short break and we'll be back in just a moment with two more facts. Fact number two. Some varieties of egg are blue due to a 500-year-old chicken virus. Blue eggs have recently become something of a thing amongst foodies. Over in Britain, you can get them in places with names like Waitrose and Marks and Spencers. And some people claim they're tastier than boring old-fashioned brown eggs, or white if you're in America, and apparently much better for baking. Gordon Ramsay is particularly fond of blue eggs. At least I think he is. It can be sometimes difficult to tell between all the loud Scottish profanities. And to be honest, most of the time when I watch Gordon Ramsay, I'm just admiring the, frankly, quite impressive amount of lines in his forehead. He's got more layers than a Savoy cabbage. A study by the University of Nottingham, however, claims that these rather sought-after eggs came about due to a genetic mutation, much like Gordon Ramsay. According to their research, blue eggs were first produced 200 to 500 years ago. That's quite a discrepancy, Nottingham. By the Mapuche fowl, a South American chicken, and the Aracana, their European descendants. The study was carried out because of the growing demand for blue eggs, in a hope that they would find a way to help with agricultural breeding techniques. And so they sought help from heritage breeders, otherwise known as fancy poultry farmers, and following significant research, the university was able to identify the exact location of the mutation in the genome of chickens who lay blue eggs. I'm not sure what constitutes a fancy poultry. Perhaps they live in penthouse coops and drive henbeginis. And so this led to the discovery that blue eggs were caused by a harmless retrovirus. Retroviruses integrate their own genetic data into the host. HIV is probably the best known retrovirus. And certain chickens have a high incidence of a retrovirus called EAVHP. The EAVHP retrovirus is responsible for inserting a gene in the chicken's genome called Ousian, which it's been discovered is responsible for producing blue eggs. Amazingly, this one gene changes the chemistry of the eggshell whilst it's inside a chicken's uterus. Believe me, when I started this podcast, I never imagined I'd be saying the phrase inside a chicken's uterus. The genetic material from the retrovirus which is inserted into the DNA of the chicken is permanent and passed down. And it has the effect of producing a green-blue bile pigment in the eggshell as it's being produced. And I don't know about you, but nothing gets my mouth watering like the phrase green-blue bile pigment. This green-blue bile pigment is called biliverdin, which sounds slightly more appetizing, but is also slightly reminiscent of a German incontinence pill. Pale blue eggs have also been reported from certain Chinese breeds. 
such as to Dongxiang and Lushi chickens. All of this just goes to show how important a role viruses have had in evolution. Breeds of blue egg-laying chickens are declining, however, and there's an ongoing race to conserve them. There are other birds who lay blue eggs, such as robins and cuckoos, but when it comes to chickens, only rare native breeds of chickens seem to be able to produce them. Anyway, it's almost impossible to find cuckoo eggs. You have to break open the clocks before you can even start looking. And we don't actually know, but it's possible that robins and cuckoos could produce blue eggs because they've been infected by a retrovirus as well. But we need more study into this. And you know what robins are like. They're far too classy to let researchers start fiddling around with their orifices. Fact number three. China has a fake egg problem. Now, eggs may seem like a strange product to fake, considering they're one of the cheapest and readily available foods in the world. But for years, stories of fake Chinese eggs have been whispered around various parts of Asia. According to a 2012 article in Time magazine, fake eggs have been produced in China since the mid-90s. And in 2005, it was reported that fake eggs could be produced at around half the cost of real eggs. Well, I suppose you've got to factor in the living wages of a chicken. <laughs> India, in particular, has seen a large influx of fake eggs, and they're suspected to come from China. They're especially prevalent in the Indian state of Kerala on the southwest coast. And it's not like these things are being sold on the black market or some kind of dark web for eggs. You can find them in general stores and supermarkets. This means that customers can easily purchase these fake eggs and pop them right in their frying pan before noticing the subtle differences. You know, like made in China stamped on the eggshell. These eggs not only taste horrible, they're also potentially unhealthy, because as we're about to find out, they're basically just plastic and probably really, really, really carcinogenic. <laughs> because of this, some people across Asia have actually cut eggs out of their diets completely, just to be on the safe side. Vegans must be loving this, Maybe some of them have even found enough energy to smile. Even some restaurants across Asia have stopped serving dishes with egg in them. The problem is, they're so convincing. The colour and shapes of the shells are very similar to real eggs. And even the whites and yolks are hard to tell apart until you inspect them up close. As subtle as they are, the differences are easy to spot when you know what to look for. The shells, for instance, are hard to crack, and the egg itself becomes rubbery when cooked. Experts have also said that the fake eggs have significantly thinner yolks and white than the genuine article, and the yolk rapidly mixes with the albumen, that's the white to you and me, 
when cracked, compared to a real egg which retains its yolky dome post-crack for many hours, depending on how fresh it is. A variety of ingredients are used to manufacture these monstrosities. Sodium alginate, which is extracted from brown algae, is used for the egg white. And then a mixture of resin, pigments, and coagulants are used for the yolk. So tell me, how do you like your resin, pigments, and coagulants in the morning? I like mine with a hug. And this delightful concoction is topped off with a shell made from paraffin wax, gypsum powder, and calcium carbonate. And this awful list of ingredients is no joke. It's believed they can cause liver, brain, or nerve issues. And this is just me, but personally, I prefer bacon with my eggs rather than liver, brain, and nerve issues. Fake Chinese eggs have also popped up across Thailand, but these ones go the extra mile and are actually just made completely of plastic. Officials first became aware of these after a 59-year-old woman bought a fake egg from her local flea market. Ah yes, the flea market, the home of top quality produce. I imagine she thought something was suspicious when the egg started waving at her and shouting, buy me. But nope, it wasn't until she got home, because as soon as she tried to cook this egg-like entity, it started burning and filling the kitchen with a horrible plastic-like smell. Yeah, that'll be the plastic. And it was at that point she realised the yolk was on her. Sorry, you just can't expect me to get through an entire podcast about eggs without using that pun once. I did resist it just a moment ago, but it nearly killed me. She'd actually bought 10 of these things in a plastic bag for 35 baht, which is the equivalent of around one American dollar. Hmm, 10 eggs for a dollar? What could possibly go wrong? After news started to spread, the locals rightly became quite concerned about these fake eggs being sold on their doorstep, and they asked the authorities to track down the source. The woman claimed to have previously heard about these fake eggs on the television, but this was the first time she'd seen one in the flesh. An egg, that is, not a television. Food forgery has become a bit of an epidemic in China, and it doesn't stop at these deliciously plasticky eggs. In fact, fake rice has been reported in almost every Asian nation. I don't know, Uncle Ben needs to get himself out there and start breaking some legs. But some people claim that the idea of a highly organised criminal egg enterprise in China is pretty dubious at best, and there's a slight chance fake eggs and other fake foods could just be an internet hoax. So you shouldn't count your fake chickens before they pretend to hatch. Given China's history with this sort of malarkey, however, it's certainly not out of the question, let's be honest. You can't take two steps in China without coming across another Apple store selling the latest suspiciously light iPhone for just a tenner. 
A Fuji-based television network did an investigation on the fake egg problem, which went viral on YouTube. And they claim, at least, that this underground market for fake eggs is 100% true. And they very definitely come from China. You could say they were as sure as eggs is eggs. Crap! I've just realised that saying is now completely shitting useless. The Chinese government has actually acknowledged that food safety and food fraud are a serious problem for the nation. And if even the Chinese government are worried about public health, you know something is seriously wrong. Right, I better go now, I think my omelette's nearly finished cooking. Ah, there's nothing quite like the sweet smell of formaldehyde wafting in from the kitchen, is there? Thanks for listening, I really hope you enjoyed this episode of Random Interesting Facts. Be sure to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you know a random interesting fact that you're just bursting to share with me, then please tweet it at me on Twitter using the hashtag RIFPodcast. That's R-I-F podcast. And each week I'll choose my favourite fact to read out at the end of the next episode. Thank you.